0: Section 124 of Italy, France, Spain, and Portugal. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Epsia. The World Story, Volume Five, Italy, France, Spain, and Portugal, edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 124 a joust at the court of portugal about fourteen hundred by sir john frossard during the stay of the duke of lancaster in atenza a herald arrived from valladolid who demanded where sir john holland was lodged on being shown thither he found sir john within and bending his knee presented him with a letter saying sir i am a herald-at-arms whom sir reginald de roy sends hither he salutes you by me and you will be pleased to read this letter sir john answered he would willingly do so having opened it he read that sir reginald de roy entreated him for the love of his mistress that he would deliver him from his vow by tilting with him three courses with a lance three attacks with a sword three with a battle-axe and three with a dagger and that if he chose to come to valladolid he had provided him an escort of sixty spears but if it were more agreeable to him to remain in Atenza, he desired he would obtain from the duke of lancaster a passport for himself and thirty companions when sir john holland had perused the letter he smiled and looking at the herald said friend thou art welcome for thou hast brought me what pleases me much and i accept the challenge thou wilt remain in my lodging with my people and in the course of to-morrow thou shalt have my answer whether the tilts are to be in galicia or castile the herald replied god grant it he remained in sir john's lodgings where he was made comfortable and sir john went to the duke of lancaster whom he found in conversation with the marshal and showed him the letter the herald had brought well said the duke and have you accepted it yes by my faith have i and why not i love nothing better than fighting and the knight entreats me to indulge him. Consider, therefore, where you would choose it should take place.' The duke mused a while, and then said, "'It shall be performed in this town. Have a passport made out in what terms you please, and I will seal it.' "'It is well said,' replied Sir John, and I will, in God's name, soon make out the passport. The passport was fairly written and sealed, for thirty knights and squires to come and return, and Sir John Holland, when he delivered it to the herald, presented him with a handsome mantle lined with Minerva and twelve nobles. The herald took leave and returned to Valladolid, where he related what had passed and showed his presence. News of this tournament was carried to Oporto, where the king of Portugal kept his court. "'In the name of God,' said the king, "'I will be present at it, and so shall my queen and the ladies.' many thanks replied the duchess for i shall be accompanied by the king and queen when i return it was not long after this conversation that the king of portugal the queen the duchess with her daughter and the ladies of the court set out for a tenor in grand array the duke of lancaster when they were near at hand mounted his horse and attended by a numerous company went to meet them when the king and the duke met they embraced each other most kindly and entered the town together where their lodgings were as well prepared as they could be in such a place though they were not so magnificent as if they had been in paris three days after the arrival of the king of portugal came sir reginald de roy handsomely accompanied by knights and squires to the amount of six-score horse they were all properly lodged for the duke had given his officers strict orders they should be well taken care of on the morrow sir john holland and sir reginald de roy armed themselves and rode into a spacious close in Atenza, well sanded where the tilts were to be performed scaffolds were erected for the ladies the king the duke and the many english lords who had come to witness the combat for none had stayed at home the two knights who were to perform this deed of arms entered the lists so well armed and equipped that nothing was wanting their spears battle-axes and swords were brought them and each being mounted on the best of horses placed himself about a bow-shot distant from the other but at times they both pranced about on their horses most gallantly for they knew every eye to be upon them all being now arranged for their combat which was to include everything except pushing it to extremity though no one could see what mischief might happen nor how it would end for they were to tilt with pointed lances then with swords which were so sharp that scarcely a helmet could resist their strokes And these were succeeded by battle-axes and daggers each so well tempered that nothing could withstand them now consider the perils those run who engage in such combats to exalt their honour for one unlucky stroke puts an end to the business having braced their targets and examined each other to the visors of their helmets they spurred on their horses spear in hand though they allowed their horses to gallop as they please they advanced on a straighter line as if it had been drawn with a cord and hit each other on the visors with such force that sir reginald's lance was shivered into four pieces which flew to a greater height than they could have been thrown all present allow this to have been gallantly done sir john holland struck sir reginald likewise on the visor but not with the same success and i will tell you why sir reginald had but slightly laced on his helmet so that it was held by one thong only which broke at the blow and the helmet flew over his head leaving sir reginald bareheaded each passed the other and sir john holland bore his lance without halting the spectators cried out that it was a handsome course the knights returned to their station when sir reginald's helmet was fitted on again and another lance given to him sir john grasped his own which was not worsted when ready they set off full gallop for they had excellent horses under them which they knew well how to manage and again struck each other on the helmets so that sparks of fire came from them but chiefly from sir john holland's he received a very severe blow, for this time the lance did not break, neither did Sir John's, which hit the visor of his adversary without much effect, passing through and leaving it on the crupper of the horse, and Sir Reginald was once more bareheaded. "Ha!" cried the English to the French, "'he does not fight fair. Why is not his helmet as well buckled on as Sir John Holland's? We say he is playing tricks. Tell him to put himself on an equal footing with his adversary.' hold your tongue said the duke and let them alone in arms every one takes what advantage he can if sir john thinks there is any advantage in thus fastening on his helmet he may do the same but for my part were i in their situations i would lace my helmet as tight as possible and if one hundred were asked their opinions there would be fourscore of my way of thinking the english on this were silent and never again interfered the ladies declared they had nobly jousted and they were much praised by the king of portugal who said to sir john fernando in our country they do not tilt so well nor so gallantly what say you sir john by my faith sir replied he they do tilt well and formerly i saw as good jousts before your brother when we were at elvas to oppose the king of castile between this frenchman and sir william windsor but i never heard that his helmet was tighter laced than it is now the king on this turned to sir john to observe the knights who were about to begin their third course sir john and sir reginald eyed each other to see if any advantage were to be gained for their horses were so excellent that they could manage them as they pleased and sticking spurs into them hit their helmets so sharply that their eyes struck fire and the shafts of their lances were broken sir reginald was again unhelmed for he could never avoid this happening and they passed each other without falling all now declared they had well jousted though the english excepting the duke of lancaster blamed greatly sir reginald but he said he considered that man as wise who in combat knows how to seize his vantage no added he addressing himself to sir thomas percy and sir thomas moreau that sir reginald de roy is not now to be taught how to tilt he is better skilled than sir john holland though he has borne himself well after the courses of the lance they fought three rounds with swords battle-axes and daggers without either of them being wounded the french carried off sir reginald to his lodging and the english did the same to sir john holland end of section 124 this recording is in the public domain